Hey guys, uh, welcome back uh, to The Encounter uh, by Redeem LA. Today we have here uh, Sam, we have Giselle, uh, we have myself, which is uh, Danny, and we have here to my right, Deb. Um, and today we have a Q&A, just like we promised you guys that we would have. Um, and honestly, I'm excited to hear these questions, and they're already sending me questions, even more questions. And honestly, I hope this guys, this is a blessing. So, okay, Luisa, it's your turn to shine. Are you ready? Yes. To read the first question. Go ahead. Okay, so the first question we have today is, why am I going through a desert when I'm reading the Bible, praying, and fasting? <sighs> wow, that was difficult. You guys want to answer it, or you want to answer it? Well, I think the best example of this is probably Jesus because he had been filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And right after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was sent to the, he followed the Holy Spirit to the desert, um, which shows us that, you know, it's possible even though you're in, in this good place spiritually, that doesn't mean that you won't be sent to the desert. The desert is a place for formation. It's a place where God changes you, where he shapes you to be what, what he has for you. And we can see that perfectly in Jesus. I think um, if you're in that place and you know that you're doing the right thing by reading the Bible, reading, uh, praying, uh, fasting, all these, all these things that bring you closer to God, then trust that in that desert that God is forming you and changing something in you that's going to make you more ready for when he has... Uh, that purpose to complete in you. Uh, I was going to say, uh, I think a cool example also is Paul. Uh, he pleaded to the Lord, um, I think it's at three times, or, oh yeah, three times I pleaded to the Lord about um, his aguijón. I don't know how you say that in English, I'm not going to lie. Um, Sting. Yeah, about this thing, right? And um, Jesus says to him on Second Corinthians twelve nine, it says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me." I think it just maybe the way that you're looking at things is the wrong um, view. Uh, we should rejoice in our sufferings because when we suffer, we are suffering with Christ. I agree, and I think. Um if I can just give my two cents in about three seconds, is don't forget that everything um, everything perishes, everything goes away. For example, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit at the end of the times, when He comes, He will take the Spirit away uh, from this world. So even the Holy Spirit here is temporary. But the only thing that is forever that you can see in Matthew, uh, in Matthew, I think it's uh, four, when Jesus is tempted, he says three times, it is written, meaning that the word of God is forever. And meaning no matter where you are or what desert you are going through, the word of God will get you through it. Something to say or should we um, end there? Yeah, you just leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Not everybody gives their own two thousand. Yeah, yeah, just All right, there. Lisa, next one. <laughs> Second question is, is it okay to sing Christian songs that are more feeling-based and not word-for-word word from Scripture? Well, you're first this time because you no. didn't say anything last time. <laughs> <laughs> right, is it okay to sing? So, um, I feel like, you know, when it comes to, you know, Christian music, we there's only one person we're worshiping, and that's Jesus Christ. You know, because if, if we sing based off of emotion, then it's, you know, it's there. It's how we feel. And it's like, you know, how can I put this? We praise God, not despite of how we feel, but how, you know, how good he's been to us. Right. You know, because I can say, oh, um, you know, example, Jesus died on the cross. He did. 
he did that because he loved us, right? But was he in a a position where he was like comfortable saying, "Oh, I love you"? No, he was nailed to a cross. He wasn't saying like, "Oh, you know, these nails feel amazing. This crown of thorns feel amazing." Like, no, he was in pain. He was in agony, but therefore he did that, you know, out of love. And I feel like when we sing, when we worship God, we do it, you know, despite of how we feel. I think um I think it's really dangerous to um only sing Christian songs based on emotions because the Bible says that your heart is deceitful. Um, so you, you need to be really careful. And the only thing that's permanent is the Word of God. So if you're taking and you're separating Christ from the Word of God, I think you need you need to take a really good look and be really careful what you're saying. God's Word should always be included in His worship, is my opinion. I was just going to say, I think that feeling should be left out of songs. Of course, there's feelings that are uh, backed up by the Bible. So, yes, nice. Like, I love you, Jesus. Nice. That's an emotion of feeling. But I, I feel like other feelings like, oh, I'm so sad. Um, that's what we minister. So, like, if you're going to be listening to depressing songs, what do you feel? Depressed. Um, I don't know. I feel like we should sing songs about joy and that God is our salvation and that he rescues us from the pit of death. Um yeah, I would say be careful what you listen to, whatever you're listening to ministers you. I don't know. I saw this this question as a, a different thing. Uh, um, like, I think they were saying, is it okay to listen to music like that is made of emotions more than the Bible? So, for example, people that, for example, remember that, that, that song that they rewrote to fit uh, something that God said? Remember it says... Uh, oh, like the Justin Bieber song? Uh, no, no, no. Let's, let's not say names either, but let's... Uh, uh, that song, remember that says, uh, "You are only one. I chose you." And it was a, it was a song from the world that they just fixed it so it can say about God. And um, I think I think that is incorrect. I think if if uh, the Bible does not say it, or for example, because the Bible says that He chose you, but if somebody wrote the lyrics to something, and you guys are just adding a few words to say God here and there, I think it's incorrect because that song was never meant to be for God, but it was meant to be for a depressing moment or because my girlfriend or boyfriend left me and they thought I was not enough. So I think music is very, very, very important for us to pick and choose what we want. But also I feel like um, if it's in the Bible and if it's sing right and it's catchy, go ahead and listen to it. Yeah, also, why? we have to be edified somehow. Um, but yeah, that, that's just my mind. I wasn't going to say anything, but I have to say this. Go ahead. The next one, Lisa, I'm sorry. Yes. Um why are we certain why are certain types of music genres or styles in the christian world looked down upon by us i think this is for you um i think it depends where you live i think it depends a lot on your culture i, I think we talked about this before like go listen to our music podcasts um there's a ton in the beginning um but like for example people in africa you don't expect them to be playing like the things you hear in a hispanic church it just doesn't happen they're playing reggae they're playing and it's not like god is like oh how dare they um they're playing reggae i will not listen to them praising me it's not it's just also we have to be careful with our soul right if it makes for example a, a latina person might love salsa right because in the world they dance salsa and it would like be super fun for them right and then they come to the lord and um they listen to a salsa song and it brings back 
the emotions that it was that uh, they had in the world. I think that's when it gets a little bit like iffy. I think everybody has the spirit of the Lord inside of them, and they also have um, uh, authorities to lead them correctly, right? Uh, if your pastor says or your leader says, hey, I don't think we should listen to this, and you really love this, and you want to be obedient, the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice, High five for you. Uh, you're doing a great job. Be obedient. Um, if your spirit says, no, you still can listen to it, do you? Um, okay, do it. Um, I, I don't think that it's, I don't know. I don't think we can like say any genre of music is bad, but I do think that you have to be careful with it. Um, I think like one of the most popular questions is like reggaeton and rap. Like I said, I, I can't stand here and say like, oh, the rappers that sing rap music are demons and they're inspired by Satan. I, I don't know. I have no idea. But my heart, personally, me, because I liked rap and I liked reggaeton, I, I can't. When I hear it, I feel disturbed. I'm like, oh, I don't know. That, that doesn't, it doesn't sit well with my spirit. My spirit says no. But somebody else's spirit can say yes. Yeah, I was going to say, um, if you let the Holy Spirit guide you, you know, everyone has a different conviction, you know. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, go be, you know. Feel free to listen to whatever. No, I mean, the, there's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, if your right eye causes you to fall, take it out. If your, you know, your left arm causes you to, you know, fall, cut it off. You know, maybe Danny, for example, likes listening to, you know, Christian rock. But if I listen to it, I guarantee you, it's gonna trigger you, trigger me back to worldly music, because you know, that's that was a big influence on my life, and that's why I don't, you know, touch that Christian rock genre. And and if I can be, if I can just add something, guys, I think that, look, I think as a young kid, I know you want to listen to music, right? Because that's the cool thing, right? You want to blast it on your car. But as you get a little bit older, you start blasting stuff, right? And you start, uh, for example, I was looking at myself and, um, sorry, I always take long, but I wanted to share this with you. I was looking at my playlist in uh, Spotify. And uh, I was looking at it and I was looking at it from the beginning. And it was a bunch of like Kill Song, Young and Free. You know, like a lot of rock and I was coming up and as I seen I keep going I think I told you this right I kept going it starts going from faster fast 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 to semi-fast to slow to worship every single song from like a year and a half to now it's pure worship and I, I was asking God I was like God you know you've changed me so much you know thank you Lord for for changing me right and I think that's the main point of music the main point of music is to lead us to worship not to just make us feel good or making us you know feel good at the gym but the point is to lead us to worship so like you said each conviction is different but is it leading you to worship no then maybe we shouldn't be listening to it yeah. yes go crazy <laughs> I think that's uh, the yeah. best way. But okay, uh, now everybody can speak. I'm sorry, guys, but let's let's uh, continue. Go ahead, Louise. I'm sorry. Okay. Next question we have is, what if I don't have a relationship with God? What if you don't have a relationship with God? Start. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry. Go, go, go. Um, so I was going to say, honestly, God is always there. It says in the Bible that he's a gentleman who's knocking at the door of your heart and just waiting for you to open. So even if you don't have a relationship with God, it's never too late to start. God is right there waiting for you, just waiting for that opportunity that you're going to give him to, to start that relationship. And um, <clears throat> if you're thinking, okay, maybe, I mean, I don't have a relationship with well, how, do, where do I even get started? Well, the, the best place to get started is, well, there's two, two really great places. One is on your knees praying and the other is reading the Bible. Uh, there's everything that you need to know about Jesus Christ, about God, 
written in that book. And if you really want to get to know him, that's all you have to do. Pray, read the Bible. Um, I think that, I don't know, like for me, it was a little bit different. My relationship with God did not start at all with prayer or reading the Bible because that's really hard. Um, the Bible only becomes easy when you learn to love the word of God. Um, but in the beginning, it's just tedious. Like, and I love reading guys. Um, I love reading. And the Bible was just something that like, I don't know, the enemy would be like, no, you could read this instead. And I did. Um, but the, I was going to say that I did the relationship with God. Just seek him. The Bible's clear in Matthew 7, 7 says, if you, if you knock, the door will be open. If you seek, you will find, um, there's one more. If you ask, it will be given to you. So I think open your mouth and speak. God can hear you. And if, if you ask enough, I think Danny has given us the example of like a child who is annoyingly asking for a cookie and again, and time and time and time and time again. And you know, God is a good father. I think he gives you the desires of your heart. Yeah. So I just think start ask. There's like no formula or like do 17 jumping jacks and turn in circles 17 <laughs> times and say five prayers while you're doing jumping jacks. You know, uh, God's not making you jump through ho hoops. He's just saying, come start um, the, the verse in the Bible that I love that says, um, uh, come, come and ponte cuentas. How do you say ponte yeah, cuentas? Yeah, let's let's talk. talk. Let's 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 conversate about the things that you've done. And if your sin is red as crimson, I will make it as white as snow. And there's another part. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't look it up, so I I, I can't remember. But the point is that God is just waiting. Just come. Literally that easy. Come present yourself. I think that's enough, right? That should be enough. Okay. Ready, Lisa? Next. Um, how can we be an offering to God? You wanna do that one? I'm ready. You're ready? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, I was going to say Romans 12 just because I love Romans. If you guys don't know, Romans is my baby. And Romans 12 was my favorite for so long. Um, it says, um, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Um, so how can you be an ofrenda to God? Uh, present your bodies as living sacrifice your will is no longer yours whatever your body asks for say no and instead look at what the Lord wants uh, look at what his will is and put your body to do that make your body listen to the will of God uh, not to your own will and then yeah don't conform to the patterns of this world I don't know what you guys think you guys want to add anything? I have nothing to add to that no. I feel like you said it perfectly straightforward yeah. yeah Lisa next what if I feel that I don't want to be at church anymore? Oh my God, this question, I get it so much. <laughs> I get it so much. But I think the question says it all. If you feel, the Bible says, beware of your heart because your heart is deceitful. So if you feel, just because you feel doesn't mean you have to follow it. Be smarter than that. If you feel like you don't want to come to church, just like my sister said, do the opposite. Don't conform to the patterns of this world. Don't conform to what your body wants. If on Friday you feel extra tired, tell your body, oh, you want to be tired, but you want to be happy on Saturday? We're going to go to church either way so you can know that. We're going to serve both. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve my family. I'm going to do both. So honestly, guys, what do I do when I feel like not coming to church? I would suggest do the opposite. Come to church. 
force yourself to come to church. Um, I'm sorry, but when you want to lose weight, uh, you you tell me you work out, right? You work out on a regularly. Do you always want to get up and work out, yeah. bro? Nobody wants to get up. Do I? <laughs> do you know? Does somebody? Do I want to get up every month? You know? Do I want to get up and not? Oh, I have. To, yes, I have to read the Bible for the next three hours, bro. It's tough, bro. It takes discipline because everything we do for Jesus is discipline. You know. It's not like oh I I wake up one day and oh I love praying like no I don't <laughs> I don't there's times where I don't feel like praying but you know it's discipline why because we're we're flesh and the flesh hates it mm-hmm. you know Apostle Paul says you know the things I don't want to do I do, I do. and oh. the things that I want to do I don't do ridiculous you know and it's a constant <laughs> battle between your flesh and your spirit the Bible says the fl- the flesh the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. Uh, and I just wanted to add something. I was just going to say that I think that the reason that a lot of people stop wanting to come to church is because they don't have a relationship with Christ. Um, because, like, for example, think of a, like a worldly relationship, right? Like when you have a boyfriend, what do you want to do at every moment, waking moment? You want to be with them. You want to see them. You want to just be looking at them creepy, right? That's how it is with God. <laughs> when you're in love with him, you can't wait to be there. You can't wait to serve him. You can't wait to thank him for the endless mercies in your life. You can't wait to say, hey, God, I know that I'm so crappy and I sin all the time and still you love me. Like, how incredible is that? I am at your service. What do you want? What do you need? I am here to serve you. Um, and I'm also here to encourage my brothers and sisters because that's what the Bible says, right? Uh, do not stop congregating like many do. For what? In Instead, encourage each other until the day um, until the day has come. So, what do you, I? I want to let everybody know about God's mercy. I want everybody to know, and yeah, that's that's what I would say. First, check out how your relationship with God is. If you don't want to come to church, red bells. Oh no, is it red, red flags. flags? Yeah, red bells. <laughs> bells too. Okay, next one. How can I know God one on one instead of other people's gods? You want to answer this one? Or you want me to answer this one? I think I'm sorry if I look annoyed I don't I'm not annoyed or anything it's just my thinking face because honestly dude that's been my life (laughs) Uh, that's been our life right because I've lived with you for the last 29 years of my life Uh, well 28 because it's your age Uh, but um, I I believe that um, I've known the God of my father all the way until I was like 22 Um, I used to know that God uh, used to work in my dad I know that my I know that my dad did the Lord's work, but honestly, I did not understand it until I was in this flight and I was listening to this podcast and it changed my life. It changed my life because, and the whole podcast didn't change. The whole podcast actually uh, sucked. It wasn't good. Um, But what he said just pierced me through my heart and the Lord spoke to me in this way. He And what this guy said was, a lot of times we are stuck doing the Lord's work and not knowing the Lord of the work. And I listened to this and I said, he is completely right. We serve, we clean, we do a bunch of things for church, but we don't know exactly who is the boss of church. And I'm not talking about an apostle, and I'm not talking about a pastor, but I'm talking about Jesus Christ, which is the the complete um, savior of the church, and he is everything to the church. We have to, just like we said in the beginning, have to have a relationship with him. If we know who he is, then everything else becomes ours uh, meaning as our experiences so you can be cleaning the bathrooms and call it your job 
because now you understand who's um, who's the Lord of the work. Does anybody have something else to say? No. No, I think that was pretty I simple. Think that was pretty, yeah, yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. What if I, if I envy my brother? Oh my God, these are tough. I read them, but I was like, whoa. I can. <laughs> yeah. Go. I was gonna say, if you envy, it's because you lack love. Um, if you just read First Corinthians. 13 i recommend all of it even though it's like super cliche verse um i think we just read over it and think of it as like manly love but what you're missing is godly love uh the love of god helps us oversee uh a multitude errores a multitude of mistakes multitude. yeah um of errors and 13 4 says love is patient and kind love is not envy or boast it is not arrogant um so if you love there's no there's no space for envy where there is love there's just I think envy is like um, also like the fear of not having what the other person has, you know, or mm -hmm. like being jealous that you'll never get there. Um, and if you love someone when they are happy and they have, you also rejoice with them. That's what being part of the body is. I think that's First Corinthians 12, um, where it says that when uh, one part of the body is joyful, the rest of it is joyful. And when one part of the body suffers, it also suffers with it. So I think that's if you envy your brother, ask for, for love, godly love. I don't know what you guys have to say. Did you say anything? I don't have anything to add to that. Okay. Since you guys don't want to say anything? Yes, move on. I was about to preach this yesterday, but I didn't have time to do it. Okay. Um, and since everything right now is about uh, the filling of the Holy Spirit, I want to tell you guys this, you know, that I was telling people yesterday. If you aren't filled by the Holy Spirit, then yet your heart, your pouch, your filling is filled with something else and there's one in acts uh, 17 5 that says and the jews were filled with jealousy and taking some wicked man of the rabble they formed the mob set the city in uproar and attacked the house of jason seeking to bring them out of the crowd and i was just looking at this and i was i was reading i was like how can they be filled with envy their jealousy and this is what happens if the holy spirit is not continually or continuously filling us up then what happens is that anything that comes into our mind fills up and and the bible says in, in colossians i think if i'm not wrong it's two he says uh, in, in, in spanish but i'm gonna translate he says take out any of these of uh, the following uh jealousy anger and he starts going in in in, in a in a thing and so when it says take out it means that sooner or later it's gonna go into your heart meaning feeling envy is not bad being filled with envy is what 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 is um what is incorrect so if you for example if i envy you sam i'm not gonna tell you i hate you right the envy is normal the envy is you have to Grab it and control it with discipline, right? I rebuke this thought in the name of Jesus. What becomes bad is when you are filled with envy and you go, oh my God, Sam has a new car. Oh my God, Sam has more money than me. Oh my God, Sam has this. Oh, Sam is more spiritual than I am. And I think uh, it's, we, we don't think about that at each other, right? But but that'd be weird, right? But, but, um, but I'm saying some people do. There's almost people, there's people that fight that envy younger people than them and i always wonder why and i just told somebody this i said you know what what we have to learn how to do is count our blessings you have Amen. blessings and i have blessings that's why it's the body of christ you help the body of christ away i help the body of christ another way and that's what we are it's like that saying um um 
not everyone is like you're not the main character in everyone's story yeah. you know? <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah it's just you right you're the main character in your own your story. story, right? But, you know, if God blesses you, I'm not going to envy you. Like, right. oh, yeah, you know what? Like, no, maybe that's something you've been praying about, asking God for. Maybe I don't know what you do behind the scenes, but it's between you and God. And that's what people don't realize that, you know, people see the, the fruit, the blessing, but they, they don't see the sacrifice. They don't see the, the tears. They don't see the struggles, the, the, um, yeah, hard the, work. Yeah, the hard work, the sacrifices, all that stuff. You know, I, and I think I'm gonna this is just just hear me out because uh, I've been studying this a lot. I, I was saying that John the Baptist and Jesus and Jesus Christ were about the same age, and um, who started first their ministry? John, John the Baptist. And John the Baptist started doing amazing things. For example, John the Baptist uh, got the revelation of baptizing people in water as Jesus Christ was a young man, just like John the Baptist, and not never. In his life, was John the Baptist, John the Baptist, or Jesus Christ ever envious of John the Baptist? Even so, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, he never said, "Oh, this is my turn to." No, he he humbled himself and said, "No, you baptize me because this is the way it must be." And now, listen to this. But when he was baptized, the amount of power and the amount of calling that Jesus had, who had a greater commission? Jesus Christ was by John the Baptist. Uh, John the Baptizer is also well, just in case you guys didn't know. But John the Baptist was then he envious, uh, envious of Jesus Christ? No. I always say this: if you both are called, fulfill your calling. Don't be looking into the other person's uh, lane. What? And with that same example, with, with that same example, um, John recognized that Jesus had a greater commission in the future and asks Jesus in the beginning, you should be you baptize me because you're the one who's greater than I am. You know, you could see that he, from the beginning, he wasn't envious. He was like, and, and Jesus is like, <laughs> I no, Jesus like this that. is the order that we have to follow. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's a beautiful yeah. example. because Both of them, you could see that they could be envious of each other, yet they weren't. Uh, yeah, honestly, I can continue going with this, but I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to talk because we've been here for like That's 10 good. minutes. I just want okay. to that as well. I'm sorry, Luis. <laughs> Lisa, next time. Next one. <laughs> sorry. How can our heart be softened after it has been hard for many years? Um, How can our heart be softened when it's been hard for so many years? I think that um, the first mistake that we have is that we try to change our own heart. Um, my one of my favorite verses and even songs uh, is uh, Psalms fifty one ten. Create in me a, a clean heart, uh, and some version says, Create in me a new heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And I, I love that word create because it's like start from scratch. Like the heart that you have that's hardened, throw it away, and have a, a completely new heart created. The Lord God is a creator of heaven, of earth, of man of everything that you see, everything that is breathing praises our Lord. And if you ask him to create in you a new heart, he will. So it doesn't matter if your heart um, was dying, no longer beating, if it was old, super rock hard, it won't matter because if you ask God to create a new heart in you, he will. I agree. Does it mean to say? Well, I was gonna say that, um, that saying how do I create, a new, or how do I soften my heart is giving ourselves a lot of power like that's assuming that you can change yourself which is that what I just said that we can't but um, I like to imagine us as like for example like a we're like a block of marble right 
and uh, Jesus is the artist. He has to come with a hammer and literally chip away our uh, imperfections, chip away at the things that make us not in his image in order for us to become his image. So if you have a hard heart, the only one that can change that is Jesus because he's the one in control of the, the hammer and the chipper. I agree. Okay, next question. Is it stealing? <laughs> uh, I think this is a straight up question, a question and answer. Um, I believe that God has called us to, to uh, bring in people that don't have a home. Meaning, uh, if they have a home, why bother them? You know what I mean? Like, uh, Luisa, you have a home, right? You have a spiritual home. You've lived here, you've been here for years, right? Since you were a little girl. And it's like if somebody told you, hey, you want to come to my church? Your first question would be like, uh, no, number one. And number two is, why is he inviting me? So I believe, yes, if they have other, if that, if, look, if they are a member of the, another church, sounds good. But if they were going to another church and now they're not going to a, to a church and they're just, you know, floaters and they live in limbo. Okay, there you go. That's a way that we can uh, grab them and we can bring them. Would you say the same thing, like, let's say if they're Catholic and you want to bring them here? No, Catholic, but it's different. It's different because the Bible, the, the, the question wasn't about uh, religion, ministry. Oh, ministry. Uh, religion, religion is you believing in the, in the Virgen Santa Maria. And what I'm talking about is let's forget about the Virgen Santa Maria. And I'll give you a new one, which is the main one, Jesus Christ, the Savior. John 3.16. Um, there... Um, look, I don't want to. I don't want to go, but that's whatever. I don't want to talk about that. Let's go. Ready? <laughs> Another one. Yeah. <laughs> Go, you love these, huh? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, because I am myself, I'm a sinner, um, professional sinner, and um, God loves me and forgives me, so I, I, I love this. Um, the Bible says to come through his, to his throne of grace. Uh, literally, the, the reason that Jesus came was to um, break the veil or open the veil or, or um, slash tear tear, eh, tear, tear tear the veil um so that we no longer have to go through this like uh, process of offering animal uh sacrifice animal bloodshed but instead he shed his blood for us so that we can come straight to the throne and ask for forgiveness and he it's literally the throne of grace so if you are a sinner i want to say welcome to the club um and also welcome to this new club where you're forgiven and all you have to do is repent. Um, and repentance, guys, I just let's make it super clear, is not guilt. Feeling guilt is like, oh, that makes me feel bad for what I did. No, repentance is really like understanding that what you did was wrong and seeking a change, a metanoia, a change of mind. Um, so yeah, stop being a sinner. Come to Christ. He will help you. He will cleanse you. Um, he will renew you. <coughs> he will give you new robes. And on top of that, you get entrance to heaven, which is like cherry on top. Hey guys, um, just, I think we have to have a second part of this, to be honest. But uh, for now on, I think we have 30 somewhat minutes. So uh, let's leave it to here so we can have another episode. And guys, uh, I hope this was a blessing. Honestly, I've, I was, I hope this was a help to you guys. I hope it is. And I don't know if, uh, 
people that ask these maybe they're not even listening but if you are that'd be great if you are send us a message if you have any more questions send it to us uh because we'll be more than happy to answer guys i'll see you guys next week god bless you and i hope this was a blessing see you guys later